Is Darren Waller about to see a late career resurgence in New York? What does David Montgomery's arrival in Detroit mean for DeAndre Swift? And is the Eagles' new running back a fantasy league winner in 2023? Plus, a winner of a dozen FFPC Dynasty and Redraft Leagues. Todd Miller swings in to talk about Jamal Williams in New Orleans, how his 2023 Hardway draft came together, and much more. We've got a great show for you. I'm Eric Balkman. Farrell Elliott is here. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts right now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob, and greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Ferelliacs tuning in on this special Wednesday edition of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Uh, it is presented by myffpc.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to wax poetic on whether Devontae Adams is quarterback proof in Las Vegas. If Kyle Pitts can bounce back with Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter leading the ship in Atlanta and a winner of a dozen FFPC redraft leagues and dynasty leagues, uh, Todd Miller is going to swing in to drop some knowledge on James Robinson joining the Patriots waiting on tight ends in 2023 FFPC drafts, and much more. Uh, before we get into the show, I want to remind you of a few things. You can win $25,000 in the FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament at just a $125 entry fee at myffpc.com. Of course, also at myffpc.com, you can plunk down $35 and take your shot to win $5,000 in the Never Too Early Superflex Best Ball Tournament. Both tournaments are going to run all the way until April 27th, so you got about uh, I don't know, six weeks or so uh, to get in before uh, those tournaments shut down. They're going to follow best ball slim rules. There's no kickers. There's no defenses. 20-round draft, 14-week regular season, single-week elimination playoffs, and a champion is crowned after week 17. Drafts are available with a 30-second, 60-second, two-hour, and six-hour clock right now at myffpc.com. While you're there, I would invite you to check out the Dynasty Orphan teams we have there. A lot of good deals available, a lot of reduced prices on a lot of good teams. Make sure you're clicking on Dynasty Leagues from that drop-down at myffpc.com, and then just click on the Dynasty Orphan list uh, at myffpc.com, and you'll be able to check out all the leagues, and just with the click of a button, it could be yours. Some really good uh, discounted ones there that just got posted again today, so make sure you're checking that out. Uh, and then the biggest news we had this week with the FFPC. Uh, the FFPC has partnered with Fantasy Pros, fantasypros.com. Obviously, many of you are familiar with their work and what they do there. Uh, and in the inaugural Fantasy Pros Championship, you can uh, toss in 350 bucks to take your shot at a $1 million grand prize. That's right. A $1 million grand prize will be crowning not only a millionaire in the FFPC main event this year, but a millionaire in the Fantasy Pros Championship as well for the first time ever. That's going to pay down a thousand places and make sure you're getting in now because the early bird is on. If you register by June 1st and draft your team by June 15th, you're going to get a free $35 league credit. You can do that up to three times and you'll get free league credit. So that's a hundred plus dollars in free teams that you're getting uh, when you take advantage of that early bird uh, over at myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, share it with your friends and your enemies and get notified by clicking that little bell so you always know when we're going live and you always know when there's new content over on the FFPC YouTube channel. Plenty of stuff going on there. Plenty of stuff going on in free agency. I can't do it by myself, people, so I bring in uh, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, my co-host, the incomparable Farrell Elliott. Farrell, happy Wednesday to you, man. How are we doing tonight? It is Wednesday. How are you available on a Wednesday? Is something <laughs> going wrong with you and Rotoviz? Is is something? Is there a problem over there? No, we're we're all we're all good there. We're all good there. So I the here's the way I looked at it. I I don't think 
there's a lot of crossover between our our viewers, our listeners, and the uh, NCAA March Madness tournament, which there is, is. Be going on. Yes, there is a lot of crossover there. So sure. we're not doing a show. Yes, I'm positive. Um, we're not doing a show this Friday. We'll be doing a show tonight. However, uh, the Better Sports Network High Stakes Fantasy Football Show is still live tomorrow. Can't get out of that one. I could not move that one. Uh, so we're we're still doing that at the regular time. But we get to talk fantasy football. And Farrell, I think this is pretty good because it's been insane with all the, the free agent signings going on over the last 36, 48 hours, man. It's meaningful free agency, and it has to do with the uh, collective bargaining agreement and the increase in the salary cap. And teams are becoming comfortable and competitive on how to manage it. And there were a lot of teams that were below the cap that had to spend up to a certain number. Some of the teams had to catch up. There's a catch-up clause because they haven't paid uh, as much salary uh, in previous years that during this this grouping of years, this collective subset of years, they have to pay extra. It's, it's all very complicated, but there's money to be had for quality players in the NFL. And it looks like $11 million is the magic number. Yo, 11, that appears to be. However, if you're not a true elite Pro Bowl player in the league, $11 million goes a long way. It certainly does. And I've been surprised to see uh, who has gotten $11 million guaranteed in some of these deals for sure. We'll get into it right now. We'll get into the late the late breaking stuff here, I, I, I guess, okay. if you want to call it breaking. but You can't look away from Twitter. You can't look away no. from, from internet source, the television, because if you do, you miss everything. You're missing everything. Absolutely. We're going to try to catch up as best we can here. Jeremy Fowler from ESPN reported that the Carolina Panthers have signed Miles Sanders four years, $25 million. He gets uh, – to be back with his old running backs coach, uh, Deuce Staley, who now is in Carolina after his stint in Detroit. Uh, Sanders had 1,268 rushing yards last year, 11 touchdowns, pretty much did not catch any passes. However, uh, this could signal the end of Deontay Foreman uh, in Carolina, and it could be that Miles Sanders is going to be the lead running back there. Uh, Chuba Hubbard is probably going to be the number two as it stands right now. Uh, this could mean more passing action for Miles Sanders, uh, uh, Farrell, here, which is good, but man, that. Panthers offense compared to the Eagles offense, it is a far cry from it. And and I got to wonder that uh, Miles Sanders, maybe this is good financially for him. Fantasy-wise, man, I, I don't like this landing spot for him. He'll adapt and adjust his game, and, and they will lean on him and lean on him heavily. So I think, Balky, you need to reevaluate that. He may get less yards per carry, but more yards, more opportunities, and definitely he won't lose touches around the goal line to a certain quarterback. You know, Dave Turp still in nightmares in his sleep from zero touchdowns in the previous year before last year. So uh, Miles Sanders, uh, I say he's a steal where he's going in the drafts right now, especially with his new location. Yeah, you know, you bring that up, Farrell, and I guess uh, I, I have to agree with you, actually, because I thought he was going higher. He is going as – and now this is all drafts when he was, you know, a free agent. We didn't know where he was going to end up. Um, so he should move up a little bit. But running back 32 uh, in the middle of the ninth round, that's after James Conner. It's after Alvin Kamara. It's after Brian Robinson. He's going before Zach Charbonnet, A.J. Dillon, and David Montgomery, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. So Sanders is running back 32. Yeah, you're right. I can get on board with that. And, and quite frankly, maybe a lot of people are going to have the attitude that I do in these early drafts saying like, man, Carolina, that's they're not going to put up the points that Philly did. Um, mm -hmm. and, and maybe he doesn't go up as far as he should. So maybe especially if, if you're looking at, you know, grabbing, if you go zero RB, Miles Sanders would probably be a good idea in the eighth, ninth round. Um, let's talk about the Giants here for a second. The uh, Eagles uh, division mate in the NFC East, they made a trade with your Las Vegas Raiders, Darren oh, Waller. Maybe goes from Sin City to the Big Apple, or at least New Jersey, uh, in exchange for the 100th overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, a pick that I believe the Giants got from the Chiefs in exchange for Kadarius Toney. Waller was awesome in 2019, fantastic in 2020. However, it's been uh, the last two years that has been his bugaboo. He's only played in 20 games, 83 catches, 1,053 yards, and five touchdowns. Hey, that's awesome for one season. Problem is that was his last two seasons. He's one of the best tight end, uh, receiving tight ends in the league. He's just got to be on the field. However, he would have been, if he was on the Giants last year, Farrell, he would have been their best pass catcher. And now he comes into a situation right now in New York where he might be the most reliable pass catcher, not named Saquon Barkley. You can talk about some of the other Giants uh, receivers that are there. But my goodness, Darren Waller now, if he stays healthy, the fact that you can get him in an FFPC tight end free premium league 
tight end eight in the early seventh round. Get your Waller shares right now because I got to believe he is going to be going up at least around maybe a round and a half, two rounds. By the time we're in Planet uh, Planet Hollywood and everyone sees him in that great blue uniform of the of the New York Giants, we're going to be looking at a third round draft pick. Now, Balky, this is just no uh, harebrained, schemed up. What do you got? What will you give me? Trade. Uh, you mentioned a relationship uh, uh, that Sanders had at Carolina. Well, the, you know, Baltimore is all throughout this. Uh, New York Giant organization, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But, but I think where we're making the connection here is that the tight end coach, Andy Bischoff, he had this player, uh, and, and this is the, that Baltimore staff that was previously there, they'll always think that this is the Pro Bowl player that got away from him. Now he's mm. reunited with Bischoff, who had him at Baltimore to start a career. We have to understand that Waller, Waller's career – the first three years, there was, he was maybe active for 20 games. And, and then he blossomed with the two years, and now he's had the injury issues. But I still call him a low-mileage player at 31 years old, a six-foot, six-inch target uh, in the red zone. And that's going to be important because when the rookie quarterback, uh, Jones, came into the league, he had a pretty good year throwing touchdown passes. Since then, three years, 36 touchdown passes over the last three years and four years, Four years total, he's he's at sixty. He averages fifteen touchdown passes a year. That's 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 a, a far cry from what we would expect to be successful in the NFL. Waller will be the red zone target uh, for for uh, the dynasty players that have Bellinger, Balky. They shouldn't give up on this player. Mm. They should realize uh, a double tight end. Remember, this is the Baltimore situation. That double tight end lived long before. Uh, Mark Andrews got there. So uh, don't give up on your Bellinger. But, yeah, Waller is a terrific addition for the team. We'll have some Daniel Bellinger knowledge coming up later on in the show when Todd Miller joins us. Uh, before that, uh, Darren Waller may not be in Las Vegas anymore, but they did get a new pass catcher that will help replace some of those targets, and that's Jacoby mm. Myers from the mm. New England Patriots. Three years, $33 million. He gets $21 million guaranteed. Now his 2022 year was pretty similar to his 2020 and his 2021 year. At same average depth of target, yards per route run, yards per catch. And in that New England offense last year that was coordinated by, or allegedly coordinated by Matt Patricia, uh, <laughs> he had 67 catches for 803 yards, six touchdowns. That's pretty good considering yeah. the output we saw from the Patriots offense last year. Uh, Farrell, now you have a situation in uh, Las Vegas where Darren Waller's targets are gone and you get Jacoby Myers there. With Devontae Adams occupying a lot of coverage on the opposite side of the field, lots to like about Jacoby Myers. you got to be pretty happy as a Raiders fan. He's a great complimentary player to everybody there. Let's start with Renfro and uh, don't sleep on Foster Moreau here. This is a complete receiving core because you, what, Dave Ziegler, this is one of, you know, when he was at New England, this was his guy. And now he's here. Uh, acquiring this player. This guy's caught 235 passes in four years, Balky. He's going to do much, much better. He's the kind of player um, that you would think in this offense with this new quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo would be consistently targeted and consistently successful. He's one of the kind of receivers that seems to do better. You've heard that expression about running backs that get better later in the game when they get in a rhythm. He's a rhythm-type wide receiver. They can go back and back and back to him. Now, uh, about two-thirds of the time last year, Renfro was in the slot. I expect to see that more around 50-50. They're going to, they're going to put this taller player, six foot two inches, into the slot. They're going to confuse defenses, a slot corner mismatches. This is going to be a beautiful thing, and Renfro is going to have a different type of uh, responsibility. We're going to see more from Renfro down the field in this offense. It's going to be good for everybody. It's going to be exciting with Jimmy Garoppolo leading it as well. We have uh, Todd Miller, the scoundrel, coming up in just a little bit. He of 12 FFPC league titles to his name. Before we get to him, let's talk about uh, David Montgomery because he joins. He doesn't lead the NFC North. He goes a little bit further north and east up to Detroit uh, to sign with the Lions. Three years, $18 million, $11 million in, in uh, guaranteed money. Uh, so good on him for getting that kind of money uh, for a second running back contract. Tom Pelissero on Twitter had the story first. Um, the Lions now will have David Montgomery ostensibly, we think, replacing, well,
well, <laughs> we think he's going to replace the role of Jamal Williams. He's for sure replacing him on the roster because Jamal Williams find, found a new home more later on, on that in the show. But this is a guy that um, um, can run between the tackles, doesn't necessarily have the burst to run away. But the Lions rushing offense looked very good last year. And now coupled with DeAndre Swift, I, I kind of like this Montgomery landing spot for him. Farrell, I don't like it for DeAndre Swift, but I think Montgomery's a nice little buy here right now. I've actually drafted him in a couple of Kentucky leagues already, and, and I'm excited it. about this. I, I, I think he's going to have a very good season there, and it just it, it reinforces the point that for whatever reason, Detroit just does not want to put too much on DeAndre Swift's plate as far as the backfield touches go. Good job, Balky, and, and as, as Dizzle and the real Roy would say, boy. But, you know, it, having, uh, having Montgomery uh, – in your backfield, here's a guy that for his career has been able to share time and been productive. And once he gets on that carpet up in Detroit, I would like to see how faster he looks than what he looks there in Soldier Field. I like this player uh, a great deal. I like him in this situation. Good job, Detroit, for making your uh, your backfield stronger. Williams, uh, Williams, a good player. And, yeah, we'll look forward to talking more about him. But this was a, a this was an acquisition that I don't think anybody was talking about. And uh, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's improved the Lions team. Yeah, they're doing good things uh, in Detroit, uh, especially uh, you know overall for sure. But offensively, you got to like that too. Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Jameson Williams, and now Montgomery and Swift in that backfield, pretty good offensive line too. And Jared Goff looks like a really good quarterback there uh, as well. Let's get in. Speaking of good players, let's bring on a good player right now, ladies and gentlemen. A winner of a dozen FFPC dynasty and redraft leagues recently completed. His FFPC Hardway Best Ball Draft. He's here tonight to talk about the tricks of drafting in March, his concerns, or maybe lack thereof, on Joe Mixon's output this year and more. You know him as the Scoundrel. Please welcome Todd Miller to the program. Todd, listen, uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us on this special Wednesday night episode. I don't think we could see you, but we should be able oh. to hear you. How are you doing? Oh, no, we just lost him. <laughs> I waited. Too. <laughs> the intro. What was, are you doing? Jim? The intro is too long, and and I yeah, and I yeah, lost him. Let's try. A nice intro. Let's try. I think we got it now. Todd, welcome in, man. Hey, man. How are you doing? I'm trying to figure out why my camera's not working. It's okay. Yes. Defeating defeating fantasy fools and technology all yeah, in one fell swoop. Good job. Welcome in, dude. Uh, hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Well, we're excited to have you because at, you and I exchanged a few emails, and you're going to tell us a little bit about what you're doing when you're not winning all these leagues. But we we could not get you on on a Friday. A Wednesday works out perfectly for some of the work that you do, right? Well, I, I kind of got my uh, fingers in a lot of fires. or That's not quite the way that term goes, I think. But uh, uh, up, until about, up until December, I was actually a high school math teacher, taught statistics and and uh, such at, at high school math, but decided I had to actually try to make some money at some point in my life. So I took a job recently as a uh, project engineer, project manager for a contracting company. Um, Fantastic. Think, Congratulations. Thank you very much. New job. I, I'm actually going to make some money. I might actually buy more leagues this year. We'll see what yeah. happens. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, but the thing that kept me off the podcast on Fridays is I'm actually – a musician, uh, and I've got a relatively well-known band in the area. We do uh, a lot of corporate events and weddings, and we play a lot of gigs for the Diamondbacks and the uh, Cardinals and people out here. So we're we're pretty well tied in, and I'm pretty busy on the weekend sometimes. But I'm really glad Please. you guys had a had a Wednesday because I wanted to come on for sure. Yeah, the absolutely. most requested song for your wedding uh, reception appearances. Most requested song for for which one? The first dance, father daughter dance, mother son dance, mm, or just yeah. overall? Just overall. Put them all together. Now, <laughs> leave the father daughter dance out of that because that's you know that's sort of personal. Let's let's just move into most requested song. I, it's the most requested song is doesn't matter if it's a wedding or if it's a bar gig. It's always Don't Stop Believing by Jeremy. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. no, it's always. And if it's a bar gig or even a reception that has a really good bar or goes too long, is there some drunk guy yelling for Freebird? Is there always, always. A, is there a <laughs> drunk guy yelling for Freebird? You know, he's okay. always. Yeah, so we, tell I, him it's, we tell him it's $100 bird now. Um, <laughs> Except that uh, <laughs> that, cost, that was a problem because a guy walked up. <laughs> we were doing a two-man show not too long ago in Florida, 
and uh guy came in drunk off the boat yelling about Freebird, and we said yeah it's hundred dollar bird to you asshole uh, <laughs> my language. and they, the guy but the guy didn't miss a beat he pulled two hundred dollar bills out of his wallet put him in the tip jar and said play it twice move, and he is from arizona so you, you never know it, it, it could have happened all right i have a question yes um, and i feel that this is this situation i'm not going to answer the question for you but i'm going to i'm going to give it to you like this austin eckler is one of those rare undrafted running backs that outperformed his second contract he's on his second contract uh to the point of where an extension is probably in order uh, he has one of the best agents in the business and it's sometimes from an agent perspective just like you in your music career you have to help the people make the right choice and so sure. he's kind of trying to push the team into extending Eckler I think fantasy players will make the wrong choice if they don't continue to embrace Eckler in the drafts. You're, do you think like I do, or do you think that Eckler is a special success because he's in that magical Charger backfield? I the guy's a the guy's a phenom. He's a beast. I mean, if you ever see his workout videos that he does and that type of thing, he's he's one of the few guys that's actually been able to at his size you know he's pretty small in stature he's what he's got a great injury history he's been able to stay in the game and not miss many and unfortunately the unfortunate reality for him that he's going to have to face is this year is one of the best um free agent running back markets that we've seen in years and years um he's just not going to have that much of a market I, I'm guessing that he's going to end up staying there. They're going to come to some sort of agreement. Yeah. And That's my thought as well. I don't think he's going anywhere. He's They don't have anybody really behind him that's going to, you know, Josh Kelly, he's not going to do much. So, But, uh, but if he did go somewhere, would you be just as high on him? Oh, yeah. He's a yeah, beast. I would too. Yeah. That, that's I mean, obviously, it depends on where he goes. I mean, if he – if it. Take that back. There are a few spots that we can all probably think of that we're like, oh, if he ends oh, up sure. in a, in a, he ends up in a committee, in, but they wouldn't trade for him anyway, right? So exactly. He's also so. he's also an erstwhile musician, plays a little guitar, so we maybe yeah. Like, so I think I think visiting spot with your band. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I'm looking at this Hardway draft, uh, Todd, and and I think Najee Harris was your pick in the second round. Third round, you go Joe Mixon, so three straight running backs to lead off. And I know some people are nervous about, about Mixon, and I think you'd make the you know a lot of the arguments that we're talking about with Eckler. Well, what happens if Mixon's somewhere else? Uh, Paul Daner, who covers the, the the Bengals for the Athletics, says that there's no precedent for um, the the Bengals restructuring his contract so he stays on. Uh, the Bengals historically have just cut people; they don't they don't restructure. Now Mixon could agree to a pay cut if the Bengals approached him with that, but if if he is not back with Cincinnati. You're talking about, again, some of the same things you said with Eckler. This is a really good free agent running back class. We've seen some of them land in new places right now. Mixon at 305, I think I'm a little bit more concerned than you are. Why did he make sense uh, with that pick there in this draft? I'll, I'll just get this out of the way now. This 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 draft was not exactly my my favorite one to talk about. Okay. Oh, yeah. some of the questions, some of the things, I was looking at the draft earlier and I went, why the hell did I do that? So, but it was the first first best ball draft of the year. With these guys that I'm drafting with too, are just I just getting sniped left and right. I, sometimes it got to a point we were only doing a two hour clock, and I was teaching or something half the time. And half the time I was just picking, looking at it for kind of went, oh that guy looks good, but. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not my favorite draft, but I caught, probably caught the most flack for Najee, believe it or not, which huh, really, um, yeah, which I'm really kind of surprised at. I got I'm surprised too, yeah, Najee because um, you know over the last he was injured first half of the year, as we know last year, and he finally started feeling better towards the end. And from the buy on, he was like RB seven. So, and that's basically where I took him in because my opinion the Steelers offense has got nowhere to go, but up this year, I think Pickett will settle in Tom will figure out how to use them. And uh, I think the Steelers are going to take a step forward this year offensively. So, and Najee comes back healthy. I don't, the guy gets 200, 300 plus touches a game, uh, not a game, Jesus Christ, 300 plus touches a year, 
25 a game. Like he, he's going to finish top five, top six RBs if he just gets the volume and stays healthy for that matter. But as far as mixing goes, so the – God, if I had that one to do over. Um, yeah. Jacobs was still on the board. I, I thought oh, Jacobs yeah. – yeah, I don't. I thought Jacobs was going to be on the move, um, but uh, you know, we this draft happened on January twenty third. I think is when we started yep. it. Oh, that's um, light. You should. You and should. all that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a light. Yeah. Well, you know, I've got a, a plethora of questions I can ask you, but since well, since I'll just say, I'll just say this. Let's let's keep it on this draft because I'm looking at your receivers here. Now we had the esteemed guest uh, last week, uh, Jay Reed, with us. If you've never met Jay, you've got to meet Jay. Matter of fact, you, you need to come to Kentucky and, and play play against Jay here. All right, but, you know he. So you have. All right, let me, let's go through these receivers. Uh, Mike Evans, you've now teamed with Baker Mayfield. Congratulations on that. Yeah, uh, Pittman. Uh, you're, you're awaiting dangers of drafting you're awaiting, early, man. The dangers of drafting early. <laughs> you're, you're awaiting a quarterback, uh, for, for Pittman. You're your quarterback in waiting, and then Marquise Brown. Now, Jay pointed out to us that that although Pittman caught 98 or 99 passes last year, Jay, Jay saw it as like 140 targets, and I think he kind of thought that was a bad thing. I kind of thought that was a good thing. Uh, based on some of the quarterbacks he had, the targets, you know, were some of the balls were still in the state of Indiana when they were thrown to him. You know, it was a tough year. Uh, these three receivers, which is the least risky of them, and which one has the highest upside? I know who Balky and I think the highest upside is of these three guys, but who's your upside guy there? The and, least risky is Pittman. I mean, he's yeah. he can't go down in quarterback any farther than he did last year. I mean, mm-hmm. Ryan had two or three games where he looked like the old Ryan, but he was pretty bad for most of the year. Yeah. Um, so I think he's probably got the biggest floor, safest floor out of them. Um, as far as upside goes, you know, when I took, when I drafted Hollywood, um, I took it not realizing it's actually the same reason why I took Kyler. Um, I took Kyler not I was unaware of how bad his injury was. I thought Kyler would be back game three, game four, and we'd get a full season of the, uh, the old teammates from college connecting with each other. But people are saying now that Kyler might not be back till midway through the year, possibly. So if Kyler came back early enough, I'd say Hollywood would have the most upside. But as it is in this case, I think Pittman not only has the safest floor, but I think he's got the highest upside too. Yeah, let's um, turn in some of let's let's turn in those four touchdowns to ten touchdowns. Now you really add something. Yeah, especially I mean, I maybe would have said Evans before, but now that Baker's there, no, it's. I can't yeah. wait to get to this draft and start talking about your double digit picks. This is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, I'm I'm just getting in this right now. A couple of minutes ago, um, uh, the Bengals have signed left tackle Orlando Brown four years, sixty four million dollars, and I think thirty one of it is guaranteed. So that's, you know, we we're just talking about Mixon. Certainly that will not only help out Mixon if he sticks there, but that's good news for Joe Burrow as well as they continue oh, yeah. to improve that offensive line. So kudos to them as Orlando Brown, now a Cincinnati Bengal. All right. So, um, so let's talk about um, a tight end. Now I know this answer might be a little bit different um, now, or, or, you know, maybe it may, it's not, you waited until the 13th round in this draft, Todd, to, to take a tight end. Did you realize because this is a slow draft, I mean, sometimes, you know, we forget, at least I do, at least I forget about what my team construction looks like uh, when I'm going through it. Uh, what did, was there any of that in there? Or could you just not find tight end value in the first 12 rounds and you just decided, hey, I'm going to load up on other uh, positions here uh, before getting Daniel Bellinger in round 13? There's there's a quite a lot of, you know, there's a lot of guys in the in this Hardaway draft that we all there's a lot of, we talk about it a lot a lot of us like the same players and some of us like some players the other ones don't but um i specifically went in with the oh we lost Balky. no he, he's just he, he's around oh okay he's in the ether uh, he's putting on fire i apologize go ahead todd you had to pick your nose or something <laughs> yeah exactly no, yeah, yeah. that's when he gives a close up of our guest we you know not all our guests are as handsome as you have the same stage <laughs> presence so we want to get you in a close up that's what they say. um 
So I deliberately went into the draft thinking that I was going to take tight end. I was going to go late tight end. It's a best ball. So I went into the, the draft thinking I was going to probably let the, the big one slide and maybe start hitting around eight, nine. And then I just started getting sniped left and right. And I just kept, like I said, it's usually last minute pick at it while I was at a gig or something. And it wasn't until about round 11 that I looked down and went, Oh man, I don't have any tight ends. <laughs> so Bellinger, uh, I went, Oh great. Bellinger's still there. That's fantastic. Cause he's going to be a great weapon. Thank you, dude. He'll be Waller. okay. He'll be okay. <laughs> he doesn't have the high side, but 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 he'll be okay. Yeah. Well, he was just coming on pretty late in the year, um, so I didn't. The answer, the answer to your question is, I hadn't didn't mean I meant to put it off, but I didn't mean to put it off that long. Um, a lot of the guys like I want to do. Uh, I want to Chigosium if that was his. Oh yeah. His name. Yep. I'm really big on him this year. I was really hoping to hit him and and somebody. T- I don't remember who took him. But somebody took him about three rounds ahead of ADP. That I—that's one thing about these guys drafting these guys in the hardway draft. You can throw ADP out the window because yeah. everybody in this group goes after their guys earlier than you'd ever think they would go. So and it's usually it with the receivers. receivers hey, now, you, and Balky, you and Balky that are having difficulty tracking your um, your your roster formation during, and during the draft. Yep. You're doing yep. I want I want to clue you in to this neat FFPC uh, uh, drafting platform because they have a little thing that says view draft board and you hit that and the whole <laughs> draft board comes up in front of you. So I did, you know, based on earlier issues with getting online here, I just want to throw that out there. But you know, yeah, well, it's um, I, I, we appreciate the insight. Yes. <laughs> now, look. The, the other way you can deal with that is to come to our KFFSC Super Bowl uh, Sunday draft, uh, Super Bowl Sunday weekend. Uh, it, it's great to fly out of Arizona into January and, and February in Kentucky, and you can draft live, and the board will stay in front of you because it'll be live there, and you, yeah. and you can look on there. That's my advice for drafting early. What is your advice for drafting in March? And I will say that I'm in my best ball. Balky, how many drafts do you have under your belt? At least one in Kentucky so far. Uh, I think I, I think four total so far. Good A couple in Kentucky, but I think four overall, yeah. Good, good for you. It would be interesting. To, it would be really, really interesting to know where else Balky's drafted. But we'll have to get to that. <laughs> but, the, uh, um, but, yeah, what do you – give some advice out there because I think – no, I, I want to hear your advice before I talk about what I think. I have some of my my best drafts looking back. I always have some of my best drafts happen earlier in the season. Um, and I think there's a lot of contributing factors to that. I think one of the things that you need to do is you need to stay um, in the loop in the offseason. Some people Super Bowl rolls around and they don't pick up a news article or anything again until, you know, April, May, June. But there's always news coming out. There's always – and the coach speak, to me, the coach speak this time of year means a little bit more than the coach speak at the beginning of the year, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like um, at the Combine where the Cowboys said that they were not going to release Ezekiel Elliott. You know, see, yeah. that it's meaningful. The coach speak that, is meaningful. That's not coach speak. That's just a lie. We, we, <laughs> we knew, that's, that's a flat-out lie. Everybody knew it was a lie when he said it. it was, yeah, not it. Uh, um, but I think the big ahead. thing is is that you need to stay um, aware of what's going on. But and then the nice part about drafting early is that you can get some amazing values if you pay attention to the news and what's coming out. Um, a lot of my best ball drafts last year, I had an amazing stack of guys that that uh, that I was plus ADP on for some really big players later on in the year. Um, so you got to keep aware of the news. It also, I think drafting in March is also the time for you to take chances on some guys that you may not be sure about because you take a chance on a guy like it's maybe not as much of a chance anymore, but maybe you take a chance on a guy like Khalil Herbert, right? Yeah. Who's been going in like the eighth, ninth, 10th round. You take a good shot at him and all of a sudden he's the guy and by June, July, he's going in the second, third round instead. Mm-hmm. So it's there's all kinds of guys like that. Um, I got quite a few guys that I'm even targeting right now that are 
that I, I may or may not talk about because I don't want anybody sniping me. In, in the <laughs> but, but yeah, target. Now's the time to experiment, right? This is this because ADP won't settle in for a couple months and then it's all going to change as it goes. So take what you want, play how you feel, go do some of it by heart. You see a guy that you go, that guy could be something, grab yeah. him. Cause you never know. And if you hit on it, you know, all it takes is hit on one or two. It really can make a difference. Yes, sir. I, I do love the wild, wild west atmosphere of, of yeah. early drafting because I, I feel like, and maybe this is one of my bugaboos and things I need to work on, but I do get a little bit more gun shy and more conservative as drafting season goes on. I, I feel like right now I'm not, I'm not, you know, what do they say? Like um, when, when you graduate college, like make your mistakes in your twenties, right? Fail in right. your twenties um, because it really doesn't matter at that point. Now you get up to your forties, your fifties, sixties, and you start failing. Well, that's a different issue. So like now for me, like this is, the, this is everybody's twenties right now drafting. It's like, make your mistakes, fail now, shoot for the moon because that's how you win leagues like this. And then, you know, I, I know I'm just going to get more conservative and, and I'll still take my shots as the season goes on, but I definitely am, am uh, swinging for the fences more so Absolutely. in February, and this, March. And this is the time to do it. Yes, Absolutely. exactly. Uh, Jimmy, once Garo- all, once go ahead. Trades, sorry. Once all the, cause once all the trades and the injuries and the, and draft has all happened, then, then all of a sudden, then it's a struggle, right? Because yeah. then that guy that you thought might be something now he's locked in. Oh, he is the guy. Now you got to pay for him. You know what I mean? So now's your chance, you know, be, be creative with your rosters. Take, you know, <laughs> just don't draft Joe Mixon in the third round. But. <laughs> well, we'll see. Now he's got Orlando, got Orlando Brown there. Todd, we'll see. I mean, it, it, it could work out. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, is he going to be good enough to keep Devontae Adams switching to Dynasty now? Because I know you play a lot of Dynasty. Is he going to be good enough to keep Adams' Dynasty value roughly where it was last year with Derek Carr? Um, yeah. Because to me, Adams looks like a, the type of guy. He's always had Aaron Rodgers, had Carr last year, put up a great year. Hard to say he's quarterback proof when he's only really had two quarterbacks. But man, I think he could get it done with Garoppolo again this year. Your thoughts on Adams' dynasty value? He Adams is is quarterback proof to me. The guy's absolutely the he's the best receiver in the league still. To my is my opinion, his his technique and his his route running and everything about him is fantastic. And I honest, I don't know if I'm right or not, but honestly, I think Garoppolo is actually a better quarterback than Carr. Mm. So. He's got he's got a better completion percentage. He's got believe, there's always this all this talk about Carr's long ball, but actually Garoppolo's got surprised me because I looked it up. Garoppolo's actually got um, more yards per target. His yards per yards per target is actually bigger than Carr's. So the only thing that kind of worries me a little bit is they they may you know kind of. Adams was kind of the top dog and the only dog there last year for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Now I think with this Jacoby Meyer signing and uh, a couple of things, I think, I think there may be, they may be spreading those targets out a little bit more, but look what Garoppolo did with Debo and Ayuk last year too. So I, I don't know if Adams will have a better year than he had last year, but I don't think, I think he's still going to be the same player he was. I don't see him falling out of his tier by any chance. Winning will solve everything there, and Garoppolo has a winning history. It'll be interesting to see if, if they are moderately successful. That uh, he won't, how he'll respond without being the, the the true fifteen target player week in week out. But I agree with you guys. There, there is you know seems like there's enough offense to to go around. Uh, well, Garoppolo has a great Garoppolo's got a great way of throwing his receivers open too. Like he's, oh yeah. And, and the, definitely in this system, uh he's definitely the better quarterback than Carr. He'd been in it. For, you know, all those 49ers players are yards after catch guys. So it's yep. so it's um I I think Adams has the chance to be a little bit better than he was last year, if not at least the same, but I don't see him dropping at all. Rashad Penny moves to the city of brotherly love and takes his um <laughs> It, if he can, if he can discover the fountain of youth and good health in in Philadelphia, how wonderful it will be for him. Will he? And do you see 
success for him moving forward. I'm, I'm wondering how many of my drafts, if this is a sneaky question, and how many of my drafts over the last five, six years that you guys went back and looked at? Because you know, do you happen to know how much of a Rashad Penny stand that I am? Is, is that why you're asking? No, me sir. No, wait, no, no, this sir. is this is like it. We just lucked into it, Todd. But now I it's feel like topical I know. news. Todd. Yes, I, I feel like I know what what answer is going to come here. <laughs> I've always thought Rashad Penny was, was just a magical talent. If he if he got the, the ever got he could stay healthy if he ever got the mm. chance, and he proved that to us. Right, the end of not sure. last year, but the year before. And, the guy was averaging six point whatever yards a carry and basically won everybody a bunch of money in the playoffs. Um, I've kept Rashad Penny on basically every single one of my dynasty rosters <laughs> since he was a rookie. <laughs> um, so I'm a, I'm a firm believer. Now the, the, the good thing I think about Penny, he's slapped with that um, injury prone tag, but his first couple of years, all the injuries that he was receiving, if I'm remembering right, were mostly soft tissue issues. Um, he, he was having a problem with that. But last year, that wasn't the case. He was actually doing well. Man, he had a 151-yard game just the week before he got rolled over. And man, that one wasn't his fault. It wasn't a soft tissue either. Somebody just rolled up on his ankle and, and put him out. So I'm hoping it's going to be like a Keenan Allen thing. You know, Keenan Allen – Mm. He slapped with that injury-prone thing when he lost two seasons in a row with whatever it was, an ACL, and a, I don't remember ex- what Keenan's injuries were, but well, he that's had kind that, of like, my hope for Penny. Because he had like he, a, he didn't he have a not to talk Keenan Allen here. Didn't he have like a lacerated kidney or something? Yeah, like that? yeah. something like that. But like, I mean, how do you know that's things. really weird? Yeah. And now, now he hasn't missed a game, and you know who knows how. Well, I take that back. He missed a few last year, but he's been relatively healthy over the last five years or so. Um, I'm hoping that's the case with Penny because yeah. I'm still buying. And if he, cause if he's the lead back, you know, they, they never wanted to give Sanders the work because they didn't think Sanders was durable enough or an animal enough. And Penny, when Penny, when he gets the ball, he's look at him averaging over six yards of carry behind that, the worst offensive line in the league, pretty much <laughs> when he gets the ball, he's a beast. So if he can stay healthy, it'll be worth it. I'm I'm taking the risk. Yes, to yeah. answer your question. Yeah, I mean, you look at Penny last year. He had the two rookie left and right tackles that that were blocking for him. Now he gets one of the best, if not the best, offensive line in the league. Jason Kelsey has already said he's coming back, and no Miles Sanders there. So now you're looking at, and I know they re-upped Boston Scott back, and Kenneth Gainwell is still there, obviously as well. But man, to to get a guy like Penny who looks to be the lead guy there right now in that backfield. Running back fifty three at the fifteen oh one. It looks like he has gone as high uh, in the, as uh, the tenth round in the FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament, uh, which we get uh, our, our ADP fantasymojo.com at fantasymojo on Twitter. The Godfather of the FFPC pros versus Joe Darren Um Yeah, it's it's fantastic stuff. And and according to the data, I'm seeing Penny has gone as high as the tenth round. I gotta believe he's gonna put be pushing up even higher than that over the next couple of days, um, you know, while his value crests here. So much like Waller, get your shares of Penny right now because the price of poker is going up. Todd, a couple of emails here that actually just came in today. Uh, Frank, and this one actually I put on, it came in right before the show tonight. Uh, Frank in Funston, Georgia. How much is James Robinson going to hurt Ramondre Stevenson this year, Todd? Good luck in 2023. That's Frank in Funston, Georgia. So we found out that James Robinson has signed a deal with the New England Patriots, uh, two years, $8 million. I don't know how much is guaranteed, but it is a two-year, $8 million contract. You were looking at Ramondre Stevenson being uh, having the highest ADP of his career, uh, running back 12 at the 310 right now. Um, how does James Robinson gum up the works for Ramondre Stevenson? Or is he maybe not as big of a factor as I'm making him out to be here, Todd? That's a tough one. Um, that's hard to say because – we all know how good James Robinson was with the Jaguars for those one or two years that he was the guy, but he had a couple opportunities last year to be the guy and he didn't get in the game. So I don't know if he's lost a step. I don't know if he's just kind of happened. And when he first came to the, I remember Corey Clement actually uh-huh. making a quote one time that stuck with me one time. He's talking about James Robinson said, because James Robinson was undrafted, right? He came in out of nowhere Everybody was talking about the replacement. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And Clement actually said, 
James Robinson has the best vision of all of us by far. Like, and hmm. everybody was surprised when he leapt into the start role and took it over. So I don't know the answer to this one, to tell you the truth. I mean, if he comes in and he's – Harris wasn't very healthy last year. If he comes in and takes over the Harris role, then, yeah, it's – Ramondre is nowhere near worth the 310. You know, it's – Yeah, it's a good point. Stevenson is, is, Stevenson's a fantastic running back. And if the Patriots didn't do what they always do with the running backs, which is, you know, they – it's the long-standing joke, right? Don't draft a Patriots running mm-hmm. back. If they go back to doing what they do and Robinson is healthy, then yeah, buying Stevenson at the three ten is ludicrous. It's, he's not going to get the job done. And, and I gotta imagine he's going to fall just a little bit now anyway because of this signing. How much we shall see. We'll be paying attention to uh, Fantasy Mojo stats and obviously the FFPC drafts that everybody's in right now. Uh, final email for you here, Todd, Sean, and San Antonio. With Alvin Kamara's bad 2022 and his suspension uncertainty, is Jamal Williams going to shoot up your draft board? That is Sean in San Antonio, Texas. Jamal Williams, who is going – oh, I just had it. Uh, the magic of radio. Got to love it. Running back 36 at the 10.09. He's going to vault up. I mean, I'm really loving Jamal Williams here. Uh, he goes to New Orleans. 17 rushing touchdowns last year. Probably taking Mark Ingram's role uh, in this offense. And Alvin Kamara, who, by the way, th- there's a lot of high-stakes uh, pundits out there that have said that Kamara's on the downturn. And if that's the case, wheels up for Jamal Williams in New Orleans. I I faded Kamara all last year, not only because of the – mostly because of the – I didn't see any, any reason why the Saints would stretch it out over the year, especially when it became pretty clear that they weren't going anywhere. I thought for sure that Kamara was going to get suspended last year. But not only that, I mean, if you looked at 2021 in his games with Winston, um, he was RB 15, 16, 17, even with Winston in games where everybody was healthy. And people were still taking him in the second round. It didn't make any sense to me. I'm I'm just not that high in Kamara at all anyways. And now Kamara, I don't see how he doesn't get suspended this year. He's got to wrap up this case. Mm-hmm. They have video. He's going to get found guilty. He's got to reach a plea deal somehow. I'm not touching. That's like he's one of my yeah. fades for the year. I'm not going anywhere near him. Period. Um, so yes, Jamal Williams will be will be getting as much work as he can handle. And uh, now, how good the Saints are going to be under this coach and with Derek Carr at the quarterback, it's yet to be seen. So. Um, it depends. He'll definitely. I'll definitely take him before the tenth round. Yeah, I won't take. I won't take him in the third. I don't think. You know. I don't. Well, you could. You're known. Yeah, I could, but I won't. So, yeah. uh, you know, would I take him in the fifth, sixth, fifth, sixth? Yeah, maybe. But maybe. Let's see on. what happens in the NFL draft. Let's right. wait. And then three years. Kamara's probably going to play the first five, six games of the year too. So. Yeah, I don't know. And Williams has never been a ball catcher. You know, Kamara, Kamara's best asset was his hands. Um, and Williams, you know, Jamal's never actually caught that many passes. So that leads me to think they may be bringing somebody else in to be the pass catching back. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, there's something to be said for that, too. I'm looking at his stats here. Uh, Jamal Williams has been in the league six years. He has not topped 40 catches in any of those six years. Uh, exactly. Three years, uh, three years, twelve million dollars. Eight million is guaranteed in this deal. Although you know, three years, twelve million doesn't sound a lot like a lot. He did get eight million guaranteed. So good on Jamal Williams. I like him uh, for sure. Uh, you know, eighth, ninth round here. Uh, how far he goes up, I guess it's it might fluctuate too based on the news about Kamara as we go through drafting season. Exactly. Carol, I'm, I'm I'm fresh out of emails. I know you have one final question here. For um, let's don't talk anymore about Joe Mixon. But <laughs> please me. don't. <laughs> Tell me who who you won't touch that you don't want anywhere near your teams. Um, it can't be a guy we've already talked about. And then tell me you're going to have to share with us a little. I know you're you're. I know that if people who listen to this podcast, you're going to get robocalls from you know, sir. Have you been sniped? Would you like to buy some sniped? <laughs> but go ahead and go ahead and throw something out there that maybe somebody will hear now and forget later. A sleeper, the, so to so to the, uh, a guy you're targeting, maybe a sleeper, somebody you it, like that we can all benefit by drafting. In the hardway league, they've actually we've termed the the sniping term as getting scoundreled. 
That's the <laughs> actually. Did you get scammed? Well, you, you got the sniping coming then, if that's what they call it. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, we talked about how I'm not touching Kamara. It, he's still going. In no, we already talked good. about him. You can't use him. We already been there. Um, I'm also him. still not touching Kyle Pitts. I don't. Oh, there you go. There, there, there you go. I don't. It's a. It's a. You know, coaching matters. It just. I don't. They're just not using. It's. It reminds me of when OJ Howard went to the Buccaneers. Everybody lost their minds about. OJ Howard's this big stud and he's going to go play with Bruce Arians. And I went, I bitched about it on Twitter as much as I could. I said, he's not going to do anything. Arians doesn't designate. He doesn't design plays to the tight end. It's not going to happen. And look what happened to OJ Howard. I just, I'm not touching Kyle Pitts. He's still going in the fourth round. He's still not doing it. Um, Christian Watson to me is still going way too high, especially because Aaron Rodgers is gone. And who knows who they're bringing in? Jordan oh, Love. I do. Boggy yeah. does. Boggy definitely does. Yeah, I we'll do. I do. More about that. After well, I, I, I'll tell you this about like, and you make the point. Like, I I happen to like Jordan Love. I think he's going to be a pretty good pro. Um, yeah, but that, I'm just I, I'm just guessing, guys, because I, I mean I haven't seen enough from him. I've seen cool. flashes. I, I know he's been in the system for three years, so I'm kind of betting on you know what what the front mm-hmm. office, what the coaching staff, what his teammates yeah. have been saying. But man, it, it's I I can't trust my eyes and make that judgment because it's such a small sample size. I think he's yeah. going to be good, but don't ask me why, because I have nothing to base it on or very here's, little to base it on. Here's right something now. you should base it on. And you guys correct me if you think I'm wrong, but that, or if I've got this wrong, but when Jordan Love was drafted, uh, he shared the draft with Joe Burrow, right? The same year, Joe Burrow. Uh, Hertz. Herbert, really? Those All three were drafted in the same year with Love. Am I, wow. am I correct? I'm looking. I'm I'm verifying right now. Okay, my if, if that is true, and there's another one out there that I'm forgetting, but if that's true, I'm going to say that the NFL scouting community did its job that year, and this player was amongst those quarterbacks. Now we've seen years where. Several quarterbacks were drafted in the first couple of rounds, and none of them, none of them passed muster. None Josh of them Rosen, <laughs> and yeah. and and so I I think that the players that he was drafted with indicate to me that this is a good player too. That the scouting community wasn't particularly wrong about this player because there was more excitement over love than there were some of these other guys. Bulky, am I right with the, some of the guys, or can you Here, find? Here's it? what I here's what I got. So there were um, four. Four first-round quarterbacks that year. Jordan Love was the last uh, quarterback drafted in the first round at, with a 26th overall pick. Now, 27 picks later in the second round, that's where Jalen Hurts went. But okay. right above uh, Love, you had three quarterbacks go in the top three in this draft. You mentioned two of them. Joe Burrow was the first overall pick. Justin Herbert was the sixth overall pick. The one pick before that, fifth overall, Miami Dolphins. Tua. 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 That was the one I was forgetting. Right. So, see, that's a pretty good quarterback class that he's running with there. Mm-hmm. So, that makes me think that these scouts evaluated those quarterbacks. They made good decisions, and Jordan loves a good decision. That's what I'm but, throwing. But, but to Todd's point, Christian Watson is going in the late fifth right now, and I, I could early. see how some people might think that that's too early. high. That's early with a new quarterback, and, you know, who knows what their pass-run ratio is going to be and they got to bring in some receivers this year, right? Here's my prediction, and and this is just stuff I'm reading. I think when this Aaron Rodgers trade gets done, and I do think it gets done, um, I think that Corey Davis is going to be coming over in that wow. trade um, with the Jets. I think he's going to be a Green Bay Packer. Um, they already have Dobbs and Watson. Lazard is obviously gone. I think Cobb is gone. They're going to have Samari Toure. I think they can count on him being active at yeah. least on game days. Um, but, yes, they do need somebody else. Who that somebody is, I don't know. I know that they're interested in Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee, um, but that's a lot of youth to be putting with Jordan Love. Going to be nice to get a, a stable receiver back there. Problem is, um, the wide receiver class for free agency has been, you know, this is one of the worst years, and I think the best guy just went off the board to Las yeah. Vegas and Jacoby Myers. Did yeah. you fail to mention Romeo Dobbs, or did I just not hear uh, Maybe you didn't hear it, but Dobbs will be there as well. Like okay. Watson and Dobbs are, are, are of course, the, the future, and I, you know, I say future – in Green Bay with like over the next two or three years because NFL not for long. It's tough to keep all these guys together. 
but certainly I, I know they love Dobbs and, and they obviously love Watson. They gave up two second round picks to draft him. So uh, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, and uh, I don't, at times it's going to be rough times. It's going to be great. It's going to be a roller coaster ride. I'm here for it uh, to watch the Jordan love experience in 2023. Why not? Yeah. Uh, Todd, I, I don't give away all your sleepers. Give us one sleeper that uh, that you're targeting, uh, maybe late in the draft, mid rounds, what have you. I got a couple. I got uh, a couple guys that I jogged down here. Um, Khalil Herbert is one of them. Sure, I think absolutely. A, a massive talent um, that uh, that especially now that it's probably not as much of a secret anymore. But I've taken him in just about every early draft I've done. Um, there Same thing go. that's not as much of a secret anymore, but I was targeting K.J. Osborne a lot. I was targeting him last year, for that matter, but especially now with Thielen gone, I think he he picks up a lot more targets than he was getting the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the tight end for the Titans, Chagosium. Yep. I think he's going to be something special after – I wouldn't – He's going to be one of those tight ends that plays the slot quite a bit, I think, especially now that Robert Woods is out. Um, He's in Houston. Yeah. But, you know, know and and I appreciate the way you answered. For a lot of money, too. Like, they paid him a lot of money. 15000000 guarantee. I appreciate the way you answered Balky's question because uh, two of those guys are not sleepers. And and one of them, the the kid up in Minnesota, is going to be replaced by uh, – is going to be replaced by a draft pick, but that's just oh, me. But oh, I tell okay. you what, you I tell you what, you hit the nail on the head, and and I on Pitts, and I don't, you know, there's so much potential there, but the head coach calls the plays there, and Pitts gets three, four, five, and and Arthur Blank, you, you know, he's a respected owner and a great guy and an easy guy to get along with, and if I keep losing games as a head coach, I don't want to go explain to my owner why we only threw the ball to this guy three, four or five times. You are right on it, my friend. And that, that that's the, you know, it takes courage when everybody else is going to draft that player. They'll be drafting him in the second. He'll have a good preseason game. They'll be drafting him in the second round when we get out to planet Hollywood. And, and I know that you won't be drafting him anywhere. <laughs> and I think you're brilliant. For that. <laughs> uh, Todd, uh, final question for us. Where did the scoundrel handle come from? Uh, boy, I got slapped with that one so long ago because I'm a huge... several girls. No, no, I was just they confirmed it, but that's not where it began. No, um, I got slapped with that a long time ago by uh, actually when I was wrestling in college. Um, the uh, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, I've always been a huge Star Wars fan, so there's there's the one point in the in the one of the movies, I think it was Empire Strikes Back, where Leia turns to Han Solo and called, tells him he's a scoundrel. And so it was, uh, I remember we were, I think we were in college. We were all a bunch of us wrestlers. We all bunch, there was like six of us that lived in one, one house together and we were watching Star Wars or something. And that's just kind of how it stuck. So I'm a, I'm a Star Wars nerd for sure. Um, and Han Solo has always been kind of the, who I've tried to emulate my life after. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you this, Todd. Uh, you've been a uh, probably a better fantasy football player than Han Solo ever was. So congratulations <laughs> to you on that. Um, congratulations on all your success uh, so far um, in your career. Uh, good luck in all your 2023 leagues. Thank you for being a part of our Wednesday show. And, of course, may the force be with you, my friend. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great Thanks, night. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate yeah. it. Todd Miller, ladies and gentlemen, the scoundrel. Bulky, when he comes to pits, he's a Yoda guy. You know, size matters not. Right. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, so, many, so many, um, so many uh, Star Wars rabbit holes we could fall down. Um, we have, um, I'm looking at the emails tonight, and um, we have one from Steve in Boston about Devontae Adams. Todd kind of already answered it. Uh, Kyle in Sellins Grove, Pennsylvania, had one about Kyle Pitts. You guys have been talking about Kyle Pitts. So I want to get to the other two. Um, before we sign off tonight, Tom in Rochester, New York, given his ACL tear in late October, is Brees Hall too risky to take at 211? Farrell, forgive me if we brought this up before because I can't remember what you said. But Brees Hall, given that he may not start the season on time, man, I, I want to stay away from him in the late second round. Your thoughts on Brees Hall? 
Right now, yeah, unless everybody else agrees with you, because in the never too early, we want to do things different because we want to win that one hundred right. that twenty five thousand dollars. So we, we we want to get in there and and uh, so he could be one that you you take a little risk on uh, and and try to stack some other things uh, behind him. But and nah, no, I just with all these new opportunities opening for running backs and the young running backs coming into the league. I think for right now, until we get more clarity on his injury and we see what the Jets do in the draft, we can find better options. Let's, let's let somebody else take it. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Mark in Los Angeles, final email. What's up, Balky and Farrell? Should I want to cash in on the dip of Lamar Jackson going as the seventh quarterback off the board? Farrell, I know we've, we've – and by the way, thank you for the email, Mark in Los Angeles. We've usually stayed away from the Lamar Jackson topics on this show. Um and we could certainly delve deep into what's going on with him right now. But let's just keep it on the surface for fantasy football. Quarterback seven at the end of the fourth, you'd be taking him ahead of guys like Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Tua Tungavailoa. Is that somebody that you want to take uh, at the end of the fourth? I mean, he's basically, you know, you have those other six guys going in front of him. He's now the last guy in that tier. Well, hell no. He just he just turned down 130 something million dollars is my understanding of it for two years. He's 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 not particularly of this planet right now in his ability to make a decision. You know, part of this whole agency situation, I've said it many times and maybe on the show before. And if you if you would like to read the, the media is now picking up on this issue. I have Mike Florio, Furio, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Pro Football ex- Talk. Uh, an excellent article in uh, what he's missing by not having that, that representation. Uh, it, there's some stubbornness and some trust issues here, and there's just a lot of reasons not to get involved with this player because he may not play football this year. And, mm-hmm. there, and you know, I, rarely is there a player uh, that has been so polarizing, but rarely is there a player that says, you know what, I, I, I'm going to test the market he gets a non-exclusive uh, tag put on him. Uh, the Ravens can match in, in six very impressive landing spots uh, that are in need of a quarterback immediately, immediately said not interested. Yeah. And I think fantasy players at this point in time should say the same thing. I, uh, I'm with you on that, and I, I actually do. I, and I have to work a little bit harder on this. I have them in probably three, if, off the top of my head, three dynasty leagues. I have to work on, and he's like my only quarterback. You know? oh, so uh, I'm going to have some work to do in, in there to make sure that I am set uh, for 2023. And hopefully for all of you viewers tonight, uh, hopefully we helped you get set a little bit better for 2023. Uh, Farrell, it has been a pleasure. Thanks you, thank you so much for hanging out with us on a Wednesday night. Certainly appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend, and uh, we will do this again. Uh, we'll be back on Friday at 10, 9 Central. Thank you, sir. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. You follow uh, him on Twitter at KFFSC official. And of course, check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, KFFSC.com. I want to thank not only Farrell Elliott, uh, Farrell Elliott, but Todd Miller, the FFPC, Rob, Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you. We return, as I said, next Friday, uh, 10 9 Central, 13 time main event, and FFPC league champ, Chris Eibel will be our guest. He's been drafting early. He's going to give us his thoughts on that and give us the key to success for him over the years. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Show is live tomorrow on the Better Sports Network, Thursday night at 7, 6 Central on the Better Sports Network app, which is free in the App Store and Google Play. Uh, Jordan McNamara from Football Guys at McNamara Dynasty on Twitter will be my guest for that show. We're going to talk a lot of Dynasty Fantasy Football on that program, so make sure you're checking that out uh, tomorrow, 7, 6 Central. Last week, not only were we live on, on the Better Sports Network social channels, and the Better Sports Network website. We also went live on that show for the first time ever on the FFPC YouTube channel, FFPC Twitter, and FFPC Facebook. We're going to try to do that again uh, tomorrow night. No promises, but uh, if we can't, you can always download the app for free, participate on the show, in the show with us. It's a lot of fun. Uh, win twenty-five grand in the FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament. One hundred twenty-five dollars entry fee. We'll get into that. Get you into that tournament at myffpc.com. Also at myffpc.com, the Never Too Early Superflex Best Ball Tournament. Win five grand there. $35 entry fee. Again, myffpc.com. Both these tournaments are going to run all the way up to the NFL draft. No kickers, no defenses, no excuses, as Darren Armani would say. 20-round draft, 14-week regular season. 
Uh, three weeks of playoffs, and then at the end of week 17 is when we crown the champion. Drafts are available with a 30-second, 60-second, two-hour, and six-hour clock at myffpc.com. You can also adopt some or, uh, Dynasty Orphan teams there as well. Discounted teams are there ranging from $77 to $2,500. That, those are the league levels, and a lot of the prices are, are cheaper than that. Uh, to get in, uh, if you want to play fantasy football 365 days a year, myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. And while you're there, yeah, you're probably going to notice that we announced on Monday the inaugural Fantasy Pros Championship, a million-dollar grand prize at stake, $350 entry fee, and over $6 million in the prize pool that pays down to 1,000 places. That's at myffpc.com. We already got three drafts, I think, in the books in that contest. 30 second, uh, no, I beg your pardon, 60 second, two hour and six hour clocks available for the Fantasy Pros Championship. Get in that right now so you can take advantage of that early bird promo. Register by June 1st and draft by June 15th and you'll get a free $35 league credit. You can do that up to three times and you'll get three separate $35 credits in your account. That's over $100 in free leagues that you're getting for the FFPC just for drafting by June 15th. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified so you always are aware of all the great content that we are producing at the FFPC YouTube channel. Until tomorrow on the Better Sports Network show, uh, on the uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football show on the Better Sports Network, I will uh, see you again next Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Let the spring insanity slash March Madness begin. Your weekend early March Madness weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Last week, if you remember at this uh, time, or this time in the program, I should say, I made my humble plea to all of you to go to TimberRattlers.com, the uh, Milwaukee Brewers high A minor league baseball affiliate um, in uh, Appleton, Wisconsin, which um, I, I do a lot of uh, radio work out there for throughout the season. And they had a food fight contest where you could um, uh, submit your recipe for a new item that would be on the ballpark menu this year. Uh, myself and my local uh, radio show uh, co-host here uh, in Northeast Wisconsin, we made it to the final five. And thanks to your voting at TimberRattlers.com, we ended up winning, which is very exciting. So our our it's called the show sandwich. It'll be on the menu all season long. So if any of you ever get up into Northeast Wisconsin, want to check out a Timber Rattlers baseball game, give me a ring and uh, I'll happily buy you one of my sandwiches at the ballpark. Uh, very exciting stuff. And we get to throw out the first pitch of, of a game, which is uh, also very exciting. So thank you so much to all the Balkaholics who came through. Uh, and uh, I, I hope all the, um, uh, the balls bounce your way in your March Madness pools and everything you have going on this weekend. Thanks so much, everybody. We will be back at 10, 9 Central next Friday. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.